All right, everybody, after all of that, after merging my podcasts and redirecting this fuck it diet feed over to the Substack feed and trying to have everything all in one place, I have changed my mind. I have decided because I'm moving on in the kinds of things that I'm talking about and focusing on, because my head is not in a place where I'm creating new content for the fuck it diet, after writing about it for 10 years, I have decided that this project, this podcast project is going to become an archive. It's going to be associated with the Fuck It Diet site. It is going to be a resource for people who are newly finding this work and newly going through their own healing journey to be able to access these episodes and listen to them and have it be its own dedicated separate thing from my new content and my new writing and my new podcast. So I'm going to be starting a new podcast over on my Substack. So if you're interested in that, if you're wanting to follow me in the direction that I'm going now, please feel free to go over there if you're not already over there. But I am going to be Essentially what I'm doing is I'm splitting the podcast back up. Um, And the reason that I have to repost, you may, if you have been paying attention to this feed over the past couple months, you may know that I already posted this conversation about our nervous system with Irene Lyon last month, almost exactly a month ago. And the reason that I have to post it again is because when I had the podcast merged and feeding out from Substack, I posted a couple episodes that are not associated with this old feed. So now that I'm splitting it up again, if there are any episodes that I want to be on this feed, and this is one that I want to be on this feed because I think it's super relevant to the Fuck a Diet book, very relevant to the emotional part of the book and the emotional part of the journey, um, I need to repost it. So if you've already listened to this episode after this intro where I'm just explaining that this is going to be the last episode as part of this project that was originally the Fuck a Diet podcast. Actually, it was originally the Fuck a Diet radio. Then I changed it to the Fuck a Diet podcast. And then I changed it to the Fuck It podcast when I felt this impulse to zoom out as I called it this is a this is uh, two or three years ago that I was like okay well I've been writing about this for seven years I wrote the book you know my head is not in this place anymore I've healed I'm ready to whoops that was my phone I'm ready to talk about other things um and I have struggled to do that because I know that I know where people's heads are when they're in the beginning of healing their relationship with food and that is one of the big reasons that I'm separating them. So this can be dedicated, it can be focused, um, and it can be its own standalone project, business, whatever you want to call it, the site, the old blog, the book, and the podcast um, as a resource that's actually helpful and specific as opposed to less focused and more like whatever the hell I want to write about and talk about these days. So... That is why I'm doing this. That is why this is going to be the last episode that I post on this feed. So I had said before, oh, just keep following that feed. I'm going to reroute it over to Substack and I'm going to do everything over there, but you won't need to resubscribe or anything. Um, That's not the case anymore. Now you don't need to follow me over there. I don't know what you're interested in. Maybe you just want fuck a diet content. And if that's the case, then this is the feed. If you've already listened to everything it's coming to an end if you haven't yet you can go back and listen to everything from 2016 um and of course if you want to it, you may already be over on substack um so that is where i'll be posting the new podcast feed and blah 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 all the new stuff will be over there um but i just want to say because this is kind of you know it, it's a little anticlimactic because i've been sort of feeling this way and wanting to have a new project and kind of wanting the fuck it diet to be its own thing that was something that I focused on and is now not something that I'm focusing on as much for a long time. So I kind of made this decision about the podcast and I was like, okay, I'm going to split them and then I'm going to re-upload this episode because I want it to be on the feed 
even though people who've been on the feed have probably already listened to it. Um, and then I'm just going to do it and I'm going to do it now and I'm going to like, you know, move on. But I do just want to say how much the fuck a diet changed my life in so many ways. It changed my life personally. It healed. It helped me heal. It started me on this healing journey that is kind of morphed and changed as I have gone along and has become what it is now in my life. And it is also the reason that I have been able to do whatever the hell I do, but be be a writer to have to have books to have a, a second book come out that's um, more personal storytelling. I'm so so thankful to the fuck a diet for that because it really was this thing that had this life of its own before the fuck a diet. I was this absurdist essayist. Um, I did not write professionally. I wrote because I loved it. And the fuck a diet was so specific and it was something that felt so important to me while I was going through it that I I felt compelled to write about it. And because it was something that other people felt really strong about too and found was helpful to them, it, it grew and it had this life of its own and it allowed me to do this professionally, to write professionally and in some ways to podcast professionally. And what I've kind of had to accept and grapple with because, you know, it would be really a smart business thing if I was like, yes, I'm going to build a a fuck a diet empire. I'm going to have, I'm going to train coaches and I'm going to get commission off of all of their work and I'm going to have a big school and I'm going to have this and that. And I just didn't feel like that didn't feel right to me. That didn't feel like what I wanted to do. I, I, it was something that healed me so much and helped me so much. And I'm so, so glad that it's been helpful for other people. But as I have healed, I have felt less and less a need and a desire to write about it, to focus on it, to talk about it constantly, which in my opinion is a, is a real sign of healing. You know, I know some people, they're meant to do this work and to, you know, coach people or become a dietitian or a therapist I feel like I'm a writer and I want to write about what I'm going through right now. And that's not this, that's not this anymore, which is, which I think is, is good news for you. If you are hoping to get somewhere where you're not thinking about food and body all the time, I fully believe that is possible because that is what I have experienced. And it's what many other people have experienced too. But it also means that building a fuck a diet empire and continuing this podcast and this project forever is not something that I want to do. So I, I want to honor it. I want it to exist. I want it to be a resource for people, but um, it's not something that I'm going to be updating at least anytime soon. And it's not that I'm not going to be referring to the fuck it diet and, you know, writing from the perspective of someone who had this, you know, anti-diet healing journey be such a big part of their life. It's going to be infused into my work forever. But it's just not going to be specific to this initial healing journey. And that is why I'm splitting the podcasts and allowing this to remain an archive. So I'm about to play the conversation that I had with Irene Lyon that I already posted to this feed a month ago. Since splitting the podcast feeds, it's been deleted from the feed, which is why I have to repost it. So if you've already listened, you don't need to listen again. If you haven't listened yet and you're interested in me talking to someone who is an expert on trauma healing, how trauma manifests in the body, somatic experiencing, which is something that I talk about a lot in the fuck a diet book and especially in the emotional part of the fuck a diet. So after my conversation with her, I went and I actually took her 21 day nervous system tune up program and I loved it so much. I talked to her afterwards and I became an affiliate for her programs and for her work. And right now it's September 16th, 2022. She is enrolling her big yearly live program. It's three months long until September 19th. So just for the next three days, If you have any interest, you can check that out. I have the links down in the show notes. Also, I recommend you check out her free training series. Um, I have that linked as well. You can kind of get a feel for it. It's like two hours long of lessons. Um, 
Or of course, if you want to do the 21 day program that I did that I loved so much, you can check that out below as well. Just wanted to let you know, because if you're interested in the big, deep healing program that'll really take you through somatic work and trauma healing, that is enrolling only until September 19th. So I want you to enjoy the conversation if you haven't listened yet. And thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and being a listener. Hello, Irene. I'm so excited to talk to you. Welcome. Hey there, Caroline. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. So let's get super, super basic for people who (laughs) don't know your work. Will you let us know the kind of work that you do? Yeah, it's not easy to explain (laughs) in an elevator pitch. (laughs) But um, right now, I would say I call myself a nervous system expert, a somatic practitioner. Um, I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. I work at all levels, most levels of the human body, physiology, um, the nervous system. And, you know, my background will explain, I guess, all these pieces when we get into that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I work with people, help people from all spectrums, whether, um, you know, if I just name kind of the labels, which I don't love, but I will folks struggling with anxiety, depression, addiction, chronic pain, autoimmune, um, relational career. It's very broad because our nervous system, which is my specialty, it it touches everything, not just how our brain functions and how our digestion functions and immune system, but how we relate, how we connect, how we think how we set boundaries, how we are emotionally intelligent. So there's a lot, a lot that we work with within my work. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, I, I, I'm excited to talk to you because I, I am not an expert. I'm just, uh, what's the word? I'm an enthusiast. Yeah. Like I'm enthusiastic about this concept and this, this, uh, way of approaching healing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I don't know how integrated this is with your work. Maybe this is your work or a big part of your work, mm-hmm. or maybe you're, uh, uh, he, he's your nemesis. I don't know. But <laughs> when I read the book, uh, waking the tiger yes. a, a couple of years ago, I yes. was like, this is the most amazing thing. It's a shit I've ever read. <laughs> and it makes so much sense. Yep. It makes so much sense. You know, so yes, that's the book that is Peter Levine, mm-hmm. uh, founder of Somatic Experiencing. That was sort of his seminal first book, really, to really get out his ethos and his work that he really stumbled across in the late 60s, early 70s in uh, California, UC Berkeley. Um, and it was that work that also, like you, <laughs> was like, And I had already done close to 15 years of post-secondary education when I came across Peter, probably even more if I did the math. Mm -hmm. And then when I came across it, I was already working with people at a very deep mind-body level, practicing something called the Feldenkrais method. Mm, Yeah, Um, I yeah. yeah, I was already um, a trained fitness trainer, exercise science major, nutrition um, consultants, you know, I was high, high in the world of health and, and also mind body. But what happened, Caroline, is there were a bunch of clients I was seeing back in 08, 2008 that weren't getting better with my more, you know, back then we would have called them woo woo, but now it's just, you know, we just know that this is how we're supposed to work with the body. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, Dr. Feldenkrais was, um, really the forefather of neuroplastic work. He knew that the brain could change itself well before people agreed that it could. Mm -hmm. And now we know that not just the brain can change, but the body and all of the systems and all that, you know, our learning capacity is huge as humans, but I was practicing and I saw a lot of uh, clients in 08 that weren't getting better, even with this more quote unquote, woo woo stuff, neuroplasticity movement stuff I was doing and they had literally been to every person in the community I was living at in at the time, the small mountain town. And 
they all ended up in my office and um, or my studio. And what I came across was the fact that these people were completely stuck in some form of fight, flight, or freeze. Those survival mechanisms of the autonomic nervous system and it represented as chronic tension, as anxiety, as PTSD. And even though I had a good bedside manner and I was doing good work, I needed another lens. I needed another tool in my toolkit, so to speak. And so I studied, I, I, you know, I'm really shortening this story, but I then decided to study somatic experiencing in California with one of Peter Levine's main protégés, Steve Hoskinson. And I got in at the right time in that world because Peter was really kind of getting his groove on. He was teaching a lot of great master classes that are higher level, kind of like the grad school level, if you will, not that it's as formal as that. And I just went crazy with it. I went to every single master class I could, um, basic level training, higher level training. And then eventually I was assisting in wow. his master classes. So I had a really, I was so fortunate to get in when I did, um, cause he's sort of, he's still alive, but he's passing so he, the baton. He's not your nemesis. <laughs> yeah. That, thank you. He, he is, is not. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I, mean, I kind of went off there. No, no, no he no. is. I mean, like, I just was laughing at how I was like, well, I don't know. No, that's I wouldn't say so I have cool. a nemesis per se. <laughs> I have some things and individuals that I might not totally agree with, but no, right. Peter, Peter was like, he was the guy that figured out a very big part of the puzzle piece of the puzzle. So, so cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess there are maybe many people listening to this who like only half understand what we're talking about who are like, <laughs> okay, so you're talking about fight, flight, or freeze. So mm -hmm. you're talking about, uh, you know, I think, um, how can we in, I know it's not simple, but how can we, um, <laughs> unpack this? Yeah. 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 Let me try. So, the other thing I'll add in is um, the work that I practice is not 100% solely somatic experiencing SE. Mm -hmm. I bring in the Feldenkrais work that I'm deeply trained in as well. And also another branch of work um, that we call somatic practice, which is the work of Kathy Kane, um, Kathy with a K, Kane with a K. Mm -hmm. And she was actually one of Peter's students. Oh. Um, and she's probably 15 or so years older I'm not sure how old she is, but she's older than me. I'm 47. And uh, and her work un, un, uncovered another layer, Caroline, and that was working with preverbal trauma oh, and wow. working with the somatic body. Like, And I'm, I'm saying this with like full, my hands are like really moving, like with real, the real somatic work is her work. Wow. And the work that she's developed with some of her peers. And so I also studied with her quite intensively for almost three years as well. And um, so my work, and I just say this to, so people understand, is a blend of these three things. Right. And right. the reason I say that is some people will go see a, an SEP, Somatic Experiencing Practitioner, and let's just say they have more in utero early trauma, birth trauma, maybe it's more um, transgenerational trauma, like the stuff that we get from our family systems. Mm -hmm. And they go to an SE provider who's more trained to work with like car accident stuff right. or rape or assault or something like that. And then they're like, I was worse after this isn't right for me. You know, no, like right. this stuff doesn't work. And the, the, the thing is, is that we're still so new in this field that we haven't really created like the medical school, so to speak, of somatic trauma healing work. Right. And there's still not enough education out there for people to know, okay, if I have, if I just had this car accident, I need to go see someone who's more trained with shock trauma, but, and, I, and I'm going to loop this in to explain, but then there's the person, Caroline, that's had the car accident but they didn't realize they also had stored early trauma in their system. Right. Which means that they actually, and I'm being very general here, but they might need to start with their early trauma stuff first mm. because the system won't have the capacity to even handle 
the visuals, the memories, the sounds of that said car accident. Now I use the term car accident because it's as neutral as I can get, but we could put in war, being abused as a kid, all those surgical traumas, like all of that stuff. Um, So depending on the person, it's very individual because we're all so different, Caroline, right? Mm, We were, even though we're all humans, we were all raised completely different for the most part. And because of that, our nervous systems and how we feel and sense and process emotion and circumstance and stress and joy, it's all different. And so part of the work for me, at least that I've uncovered in the now thousands and thousands of people I've worked with mainly online in my programs, but I was in private practice for quite a while is we need to teach the basics. Um, I like to call it the ABCs and the one, two, threes of nervous system health, mm-hmm. almost how we would teach um, a newborn baby, everything they need to know in the first year to t- year to three years of life. You have to teach them how to be comfortable. Um, you feed them when they're hungry, you help them, you know, with problems, if they're fussy, you attune, we want to attune to them. Right. Um, we're really needing to sort of help a, an adult, let's just say who has these unhealed wounds of all the kinds, get back to the basics of feeling their bodies, being in the environment, in addition to feeling their bodies, and then knowing how to track, I'll use a fancy word, and then I'll break it down, their interoception. Mm-hmm. Um, and interoception is basically our perception of our internal internal environment. And most humans, and this actually goes beautifully into your diet worlds, um, we have been disconnected from our body and our interoception because of our conditioning and our yes. societal decencies and, of course, the traumas. Right. Um, but what I've seen in my work is that the people that have had the really big abuses, they know. Right. right. They right. they know that they're screwed up. And I say that, you know, just with humor to keep it light. Right. They know they've got some issues because of dad being an alcoholic or mom being an absolute crazy person right. or, or those things. Um, but what I find is the most insidious are those that will say, I had a really good childhood. Right. <laughs> I say that with quotes. Right. Right. And they don't realize that just even our school system and the food rules that, I mean, I have so many stories about food and, and clients and how they got so messed up by well-meaning parents. Oh, yeah. And and so a lot of the trouble we have isn't these big, big, crazy blowout traumas and war, although that's also true. It's these little insidious um, things that occur to us that we just accept is okay for a little human being. But what it's doing, Caroline, is it's shutting them down inside. And then they get into this idea of functional freeze. So I said, fight, flight, freeze, which is we need those if there's like a disaster, an attack. But a lot of us, and I was this person, um, you may have been as well. <laughs> we, you know, we're in this functional freeze, really high functioning, but yep. we're num- numbing out everything. Oh, yes. So I will never forget. I will never forget reading Waking the Tiger. Yeah. And I think the biggest revelation for me was how small, seemingly small, in quotes, something could be that could end up being a quote unquote trauma in the body. And it clicked so many things into place. And I actually was uh, writing the fuck it diet at the time. And at the time I had been training in all of this energy work as I, as I called it. And it was reading that book that I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) that is it. Because I had this wonderful Um, energy work teacher who, you know, talked about chakras. And from her, I learned how important grounding is energetically, like for your spiritual life, you have to be grounded in your body or your energy isn't safe and you're not really in control of things. And so reading waking the tiger, I was like, oh my God, but this is, this is why. Yeah. This is why. Yeah. And it just, so I had so many epiphanies reading that book. So many things clicked into place. And then in, you know, kind of thinking more, 
I could do more work on this, <laughs> but mm -hmm. thinking more about how this applies to my own life. And then in writing, I yeah. wrote my second book, which was more memoir, humor, kind of yeah. the story through the dieting to the fuck it diet, to the yeah. exhaustion through the book, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I really have such a terrible, terrible, terrible memory mm. of my mostly my teenage years. And I can also say that I, you know, from the outside on paper, wow, I had such a great life. Wow. She's so lucky. Wow. She's so talented. Wow. She can, all of this stuff where it was like, you would never say, Oh, what a horrible childhood, what no. a horrible social, but I couldn't, I was not coping. I was not present. I was yeah. not, I was in the, a functional freeze for like a decade. No question. And it just makes so much sense. Like it just, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I do believe I've, I've healed somewhat from that. Um, yeah. but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's more. Oh, the um, layers are endless. Layers I like I, I actually want to get my graphic designer to design an, an infinite onion somehow. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I mean, my big epiphanies came out of how, functionally frozen I was in 09-ish when I was in my SE training. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the details aren't important, but let's just say I had no effing clue what was stored inside of my little vessel from young. Mm. And I did have a good childhood and that I had a very attuned, you know, I, I did get good attunement growing up. My stuff came a little later. And, um, and I just remember sitting there going, Wow. But what was interesting was the only thing that tapped into that. I shouldn't say the only thing, cause you know, you're doing prep work and, and all the ABCs, but it was tracking the subtle micro movements of my body mm. and allowing the body to go in the movement pattern it wanted to do not as an exercise or a pose, but to moment by moment track the internal sensations that at interoception I mentioned along with the movement. And it's like this back and forth toggling. It's like, it's almost holographic. You're never just wanting to focus on one thing. You have to learn when you do this work, and this is what I teach, to really have the language down of your entire physiology. And it was at that moment that I felt anger, sadness, grief, and disbelief all in one moment. And it just broke me open. Um, and that was, like I said, oh nine. And to this day, I am uncovering more pieces, but that doesn't mean that I'm not healthy. It's just right. that, I mean, I don't, it'd be so cool if we could figure out a way to study how this stuff gets stored like we really don't know right exactly how this stuff there's there's theories out there but there is not equipment that is sophisticated enough yet at least on planet earth to measure this stuff yeah well that's the thing like that's whenever anyone is just so sure that anything that's going on in the body you can just see by slicing you open i'm like that yeah. is just missing the biggest yeah. the biggest pieces a hundred percent. And one thing that's gotten really popularized, I would say in the last three to four years is this, this idea of you need to release, you need to release, you need to release, mm. you need to cry, you need to shake. And that might be true for some people. Um, but it's only one part of this work. And we've just become so well, not become we have been trained as a society to look for that magic bullet due to a lot of you know the pharmaceutical industry and i i i am a believer in medicine when it is appropriate you right. know right. Uh, if you have a broken bone and you really need it fixed go to the hospital right um you know if you have true diabetes and your pancreas is not making insulin take your insulin, yeah, you know, exactly. don't be stupid. <laughs> um, but what's happened is we haven't brought the nuance into how we can heal. And so there's been this sort of push of you got to get the release, you got to get the scream out. And that might be true. But again, if a person's traumas 
don't line up with the need to scream or the need to run or fight Mm -hmm. the tiger, Mm -hmm. so to speak, um, you're, you're going down the wrong path. And a lot of times people will say, and I, again, I'm generalizing, I felt so great after that cathartic release, after I shook it all out and, and beat that pillow with, you know, the baseball bat. But often it's just the fact that there's been a state shift in the physiology. And it's like, you just had an exercise class. Right, right, right. But the question is, is did you really rewire and remove the old hurt and harm. Like if if you were a kiddo that was in say the ICU because you were born preemie, which is so common mm-hmm. and you had no mama connection and you had, you know, pokes and prods and IV drips coming in and out of you and these, you know, foreign hands coming in and touching you and bright lights, that is highly disturbing for a little person yeah and what happens is they're kept alive you know because of modern medicine medicine which is great but then they're also having to go into this their own form of functional freeze or they store high levels of fight and flight Mm. and so then let's just i'm fast forwarding to say now you're 35 and you don't know why when you now um get into a car you're suddenly having panic right. or you get into a plane and all of a sudden the door closes and you feel like you're going to die. That can be mimicking that being trapped and inescapable, like being unable to escape as a little one in that incubator. Yeah. Wow. But again, if you're not yeah. attuned to knowing these things, you might think I must be crazy. Right. I must need meds. But if you can get under and really start to feel into the body and you might not know your history because maybe your parents have already passed, right? And they didn't tell you that you were in an incubator. That's okay. Because when you do start to learn the language of your somatic sensations, you understand following movements that don't make sense, but my body's going into this movement, I better follow it and feel it. You start to trust that the body is giving you its own medicine. Mm. And I think that, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's about that. And, and when, you know, and this is why I never just teach someone an exercise off the bat, they really need to understand the theory or else they might think they're crazy. (laughs) They're like, like, my, my arm is doing this weird thing that makes no sense. And I want to cover my ears. What does this mean? And it's like, well, maybe you were being operated on and you're hearing the loud sounds that you unconsciously processed and it's like, get me out of here. Right. Right. And you could be in a relationship that is great. And all of a sudden you're like, get me out of here. It has nothing to do with your partner. Right. Anyway. Right. That makes no. sense. Oh my God. I'm just like thinking of a million different things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. And I was just thinking like, oh, and I've, I've been paying attention to this because I, I have noticed it enough. And it usually happens when I can't, I can't say that I formally meditate, but I informally meditate Mm -hmm. by lying down. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And I will think of something or I'll be almost like praying or like some sort of something that feels like calming and sick or significant or like, or, you know, processing something and my left shoulder will like involuntarily move. Yeah. And it happens consistently enough. And I'm like, whoop there it was again, but I have no idea why it just does. And I'm like, Ooh, that was that thing again. I'm not sure what it was, but it must be something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to give you a little tip, this is just for you, (laughs) but (laughs) the next time you're doing that, um, what you could do is go into that. And this is a more advanced lesson, but I sense you've got the skill to track this is to lay down and actually like lay, if you can reach that shoulder or near it, put your hand there and just listen Mm. and sense. It's not about massaging or manipulating, right? but um, in osteopathic traditions, and again, this is part of what I bring into my work and I've been taught by my teachers, there's these levels of the body that we would call diaphragms. Mm. Um, Some would call them the chakras, but in that upper quadrant of the shoulder where the lung, because our lungs go all the way up there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When there's fear, when there's a shock, we, <gasps> we might hold mm. 
And then within that lung, there's tissue and blood and vessels and fascia. And then you've got this encasing of your shoulder. And so often, um, maybe it's an old shoulder injury, but for the most part, a lot of the times it's, it's held fight and fear. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. by touching, because it doesn't help for it to just shake and not have resolution. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you add a little bit of a connection with your own hand, and this can Mm -hmm. also work at work in conjunction with the therapist who does touch work, but a person can do a lot of this on their own. You just listen and you feel, and you, you're like, you just literally have a conversation of ease, like you would a Mm -hmm. newborn baby who's scared. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to just track that the next time you do yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. I really let, will. let me know. And you know it, what that reminds me of too? Yeah. Sorry. I cut yeah, you off. No, what go ahead. Say? No, go ahead. Well, I just, I, do, are you familiar at all with um, CFT, which is craniosacral fascial work? It's like putting sure. those two together. Oh, sure. I just started getting that done. Yeah. Um, actually, by the, the, it, so strangely, the the founder of it, Barry Gillespie, live or works twenty minutes from where cool. I live, <laughs> and he's in his mid seventies. Um, oh, wow. So he, he, I don't know, I don't know that he's doing like the full version that he, uh, that his like you know proteges do. Uh, he's but probably he's doing, doing better. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but it is so much about touching like he'll have me touch an area of my body and then yeah we follow like where the fascia wants to release and and I was going away for a little while and he said okay well you can try to do this yourself if you want to yeah touch the area and then just see what your body wants to do so that that reminds me a little bit of that, which is just so cool. I it is. It. <laughs> and yeah, if you have, a, if you have access to a, a body worker who's in their seventies, like those, that generation was trained by, by like the founders right. of the work, you know, right. whether it was Ida Rolf or, um, uh, the names are not in my brain for, for cranio, um, Upledger, for example, as well was another form of cranio but yeah some of those masters are still doing work in their 80s even and it's just like if you can see them like book in every week I know (laughs) I know I know I was going every week for a while I know and and again with with for him it's the layers it's just so and I had so and I continue to have so many layers now I want to ask you and you probably won't be able I have no idea how you'll be able to answer this <laughs> sure. in an e- easy way on a podcast, but how do you find out if someone has to start with pre-verbal work or not? You really don't know. Right. I, I you know, I'm going to be bold and say, we all have some form yes. of that pre-verbal stuff. Mm-hmm. And the reason why, um, as I mentioned a little while ago, we're, we're all raised differently. And we're also in a very industrialized, you know, um, post domestication of plants and animals world. And the way in which women have to continue to work and be exposed to chemicals and stress and our food supply has been so bad for the Mm -hmm. most part, unless Mm -hmm. you're really conscious of what you're eating. Um, And if you have a mama who is not aware of her stored traumas, which is most most people, I mean, I, (laughs) I know somewhere out there, there's a utopian tribe in the jungle that is doing it right, right? Right. Um, But um, when you're a when you're carrying a little one, and you aren't processing your emotions, and you're holding them in, that is going to impact the growing little one. Yeah, It's going through the umbilical cord. The stress chemicals are going out. Now, of course, a little bit of stress is fine, right. but, you know, and then we have the birthing process, which is actually, thankfully, I'm seeing so many great things, especially on Instagram, where people are really trying to return to the natural birthing process. I know. I know. And, so cool. and I'm not saying, you know, don't seek out medical 
help if there's an emergency, but our bodies do know what to do. But the problem is, Caroline, is that when we have this stored up tension and fixity and armoring in our tissues, no wonder why so many women have trouble birthing naturally. They're, yeah. they're, they're so locked up and it's not because they don't want to have a natural birth. They literally do not realize that their functional freeze is keeping them from having these open vessels that can just plop a baby out. Right. And I actually just had a great uh, message from a student whom just had her second child and first birth was traumatic. And the second time she's like, I'm doing this differently. She went through my courses. She's been to some of my workshops and she, she said, I literally felt the, and I'm making this really short, but I felt the contractions. It happened for 10 of them. And I squatted in my washroom and baby came out within minutes. Oh my God. That's so cool. And it's just, <laughs> just like, you know, I know. Like, and that's just, this is one of the, the perfect examples of like, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't yeah. make sense that this, the most natural thing that, yeah. that, ha yeah. <laughs> like we all no. go through, like we're, at least we're all born, you know, of course that we all go through is so difficult and painful and horrible yeah. and like impossible for some people. It just makes no sense, but it does make sense. Yeah in the world it, it, we live in. It in, makes complete sense. In this world where we are so cut off from our bodies, yeah. we are have all of this unprocessed stuff and trauma. Mm -hmm. our, our fascia is tight as can be. It, yeah. it, 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 it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and, and what I'll add, just so I don't lose that thought, because you asked the question, how does someone know where they start? Um, my sense is you have mainly female followers, but I'm mm. not sure, um, is mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. But you know, the guys that are listening to this, you get, you know, brownie points right, of <laughs> um, cause we need more guys doing this work. I There's know. so many, so many women are having to leave their partners because you know, the guys are just, they've been brought up and it's not their fault with stoicism and suck right. it up. And I don't have right. any problems and right. But that's another story for another day. But what often occurs, Caroline, when a young mother or not a young mother, it doesn't have to be young, has a baby that can bring up her own early traumas. And she right. doesn't, and again, speaking from the term of this person knows nothing about trauma, the nervous system, and then they're like depressed. And this is a thing, postpartum depression. Right. And they don't know why. And of course, then, then we think it's a chemical imbalance and it might be, but what's driving that lack right. of desire right. to be with this thing that you just baked in your oven for nine months and it's yours. Like it's the only thing that is truly yours in right. the world and you don't want to connect with it. That there's a, there's a, something's not right in the wires there. And again, it's not the mom's fault. It's the fact right. that we haven't, we haven't taught our populace we've really screwed some things up and it's best if you can work on your body and get some of these things aligned before you even consider conceiving. Mm, yeah. Because right. the healthier <laughs> your body is and your genetics are, cause you know, you could change at that epigenetic level. Mm -hmm. The whole process will just be that much simpler. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that that's actually, even though I don't have biological kids, kids, I'm a stepmom. I'm around a lot of women who have, and so many students are, or mm -hmm. about to. And if we could just get that right, you know, we could teach the ladies, the, the young girls and, and the men, the importance of working on your stuff first, waiting that whole process afterwards is just that much simpler. And then you bring a baby into the world that is less tense Right. less likely to have problems because then the the parents, the caregivers know how to be with it when they're not well. And then you don't get more traumas happening in that little one. Oh God. Okay. Where do I sign up? I'm taking my classes. <laughs> Just go <laughs> to kidding. my website. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful, uh, easy way to, no, I, I mean, I could talk to you forever about this. This is like all so exciting to me. It just resonates so much with me as you can mm -hmm. probably tell. Yeah. Um, I love it. 
and it is so important. And I just, it is the kind of thing where I'm like, oh my God, why don't we, like, this is the thing where I'm like, this is, it, what it the fits. heck are we learning in school? Yeah. Because this is what yeah. we need to be learning in school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's the interesting thing though. Like if we got it right at birth and we helped our young, you know, procreating humans get this, we wouldn't have to learn it at school. Right. It's kind of like, it at I, home. right, right. It, it just, it's, ha it happens organically. And I know a lot of school teachers in my courses and they're like, why isn't this being taught in school? And also why isn't this taught to medical doctors? And like, well, it just hasn't been. <laughs> so right. Well, we it have just to needs be to be more in the collective cultural exactly. con consciousness. Exactly. What am, I, what am I trying to say? Conscience? Consciousness? Conscious. Well, in the, in our awareness. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it just isn't. And yeah. And it really does. I mean, again, I'm the farthest thing from an expert in this at all. I'm an enthusiast, but even just this perspective has improved my life. You know, of course, you, you know what you're bang on. Like if someone isn't ready to commit and like put down dollars to do my courses, get into all my YouTube videos. I mean, I, you know, I'm still need to make a living right. and the courses teach the practical, but a lot of people if they are really fervently like, I need to learn this because of our higher brain and because of how we computate things internally, like you couldn't do this with another mammal, but with a human, we have this capacity to see information, hear it. And then it autumn granted you're open. Of course, it automatically starts to change how you see things. Right. 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 And like, I know, like, how do I help my anxious dog? <laughs> I guess she'll right. never understand this. <laughs> to oh, talk no. to her kidneys and adrenals, tell them to, it's, that it's okay. <laughs> Seriously. I'm going through tonight. I'm going to see where I can get through to her on a spiritual level. Um, yeah. no, yeah, it, it, um, that makes sense. And we're, you know, it's like our blessing and our curse that, that, we have the capacity to conceptualize everything and not process things. Right. Yeah. And, but also use that tool to. And we have to, to make it right. Right. We have to, you know, you mentioned meditation a little while ago. Um, I'm all for that. When a person has the foundations on board to actually be at that higher level of consciousness, mm -hmm. because it's a our consciousness is a technology. It's not just something you know, that's necessarily organic, like you have to cultivate it. But because of, you know, I sit here in this house, and I'm looking at all this tech and the things humans invented, and we're not living in the natural world, as you are in your home where you are. So we have to accept, okay, this is how we are. And then we have to go, we're also mammalian. We have animal physiology that requires these things. We need to get our fight flight out. We shouldn't be stuck in it as most people are their entire lives. We need to feel healthy aggression and and know that anger is not a negative, an emo negative emotion. And we need to know that sadness is just sadness. It's nothing to you know write home about. But then we also have to have the higher brain to reteach us the things that have been taught to us that don't match up with our physiology. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. And it's not enough to just sit and be in a cave and just shut out life, right. <laughs> which happens in a lot of more spiritually based practices. Again, nothing wrong with that. But if you can't connect that higher level with the real physical 3D world, right? and, and I see this a lot, this um, thinking of we're going to raise ourselves to 5d and not be in bodies anymore and be light. It's like, mm. right. Right. That's like, not, that's not what we're doing here, by the way. Like our earth is beautiful. <laughs> like we right. want to be in this physical gravitational space, but we also do have tell, I believe we have telepathic abilities, but it's in our human body. Like, right. and for that vessel to actually get that high level, we have to keep it not keep it we have to restore health to it and then keep it healthy in that yes. regulated way yes that's very similar to what my that teacher who who kind of has a chakra chakra yeah. framework why she was saying people are trying to just transcend their bodies and yeah. they aren't grounding <laughs> and it's unsafe it's not yeah. it's not it's not gonna it's not what you want essentially nope, nope ma'am um, 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I could talk to you forever. I'm not kidding, but why don't you (laughs) tell everyone where they can find you and where I can. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just my name. So Irene Lyon with a Y, no S.com. And there you will find enough to keep you busy for a lifetime. (laughs) So don't be overwhelmed. Um, I recommend if people want to just start with the practical and the deep education, my 21 day nervous system tune up course is like the basic starter prep course. And then um, smart body, smart mind. uh, We run this, um, we're running it again in September uh, 20 this year. Um, that we run like a semester of university, 12 weeks, but it's 12 weeks and the rest of your life. And so that one gets into working with the body at a much deeper level, working with the stress organs, the gut, the vagus nerve movement, deep education. I basically teach in my training calls, everything I was taught in Peter's master classes. So cool. So yeah, smart body, smart mind is like really the big enchilada, if you will. And so that course, it's higher priced, but that's, you know, you're getting it for life. Right. And we have people this September is the 12th time we run it. And there are people that have been with us since the first time we ran it. So like 2015. So that's the other thing is we've been doing this online game for a long time. Yeah. I'm well, I'm checking it all out. I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes I need to be re-inspired <laughs> to like get back into stuff and I am re-inspired. So thank you so much. You, mm, sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> Just give I, me a second. I know this feeling well. It's like that dry patch. <clears throat> ah, no, it's really humid here, so I'm not used to the. Uh, oh, there's a fan on me, so I, I think it got uh, me. It's the opposite of the dry <laughs> Give me a second, and then I will. I will say my pieces. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you, Caroline. It was so good to talk to you, and um, yeah, definitely for all those listening, just get over to the site and start with something. Yeah, and I will link to your site so no one adds an S to your name or anything. No, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Lion, like the town in France. Oh, yay. Thank you so yeah. much again. You're welcome. There you have it. Thank you so much for listening, not only to this episode, but to the entire podcast. If you've been with me for a while. And I just want to wish you all the very, very best on your healing journey. Bye bye.